If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Brander, and I'm so excited for today's guest. She is not only a specialist I've worked with, with sleep consulting, but a dear friend, Annie Schlick. She has her own sleep consulting business, but today I have her on to get very intimate with you guys in regards to miscarriage. Annie is freshly moving through the stages of grief, and I think it's important that we highlight the invisible loss of miscarriage and what grief looks like because there's many that may be listening to this that have had miscarriages in the past uh, or recently, but may experience miscarriages in the future. So Annie started her miscarriage on September 17th and baby passed on the 20th of September. She went through this all at home and her story is just, it's heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. So Annie, welcome and share just a little bit about your your story. Let's just dive right into your story. Hi, Tara. Thanks for having me, first of all. I'm really excited to kind of talk about my story and process through with you and your audience and hopefully help somebody in the, you know, along the way. So a little bit about myself. So I am a mom of two little girls, Ruby and Pippa, who are six and seven. And my husband is an agriculture sales, seed and chemical sales. We live in Wimbledon, North Dakota, just a tiny little town, about 200 people just northeast of Jamestown. So like you said, I have my own business. I'm a sleep consultant with Zen Sleep Consulting and an occupational therapist and have been doing that job for about six years here and, you know, do everything pretty much virtual work from home, able to be home with my family. So my husband and I kind of have been sweethearts since, you know, high school, like we've dated on and off since high school. And, you know, anybody that's old enough to know about sex in the city, I always refer to him as my Mr. Big, like just our love story is just cute. So we've just grown our little family and, you know, had two beautiful girls. We actually went after we got married, we got pregnant um, pretty quickly and miscarried our very first one. And that one was a pretty early miscarriage. So it was more like a chemical pregnancy, I think, is what they refer to it. as. Unfortunately, the term they use is that. (laughs) I don't, you know, and it was it was heartbreaking, especially for it being our first one. And so we went through that. However, I didn't have to go through anything physical with that one. So I feel like I just went through it really quick and life was going on, life was happening. So I didn't really ever process through that one very much. 
but like we still honor that baby. We still talk about that miscarriage. Like we've talked about miscarriage with my little girls and stuff. So they, they understand about the process. So we kind of were rolling along thinking our family was great at two. But my husband has always kind of wanted a little boy, of course, um, and just a third in general, because I always told him, like, you don't get to decide, honey. Like, you realize that. He's like, I know. But he's like, we have two amazing girls. He's like, I just feel a little incomplete. Like, I think a third is in the mix. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel pretty good about our family of two. But within the last year, I just was like so sick and tired of having birth control like I had an IUD and I had it removed like on a whim I just like intuitively was like I need to get this out of my body but anyway we got pregnant and we were like oh my gosh okay let's go with this and we got so excited and we told our girls because I'm one of those people like I cannot keep it secret I'm so excited there's this tiny little life growing inside of you and every decision about your day is you know impacted by this little creature so I was, I, we told our kids early on, but we also told them early on, you know, some babies are ready to come to the world and some aren't. So we very much prepared them. And I don't know, you know, part of me is like, oh, you know, you go back and forth with, gosh, was I dumb for announcing it to the world and announcing it to my kids? And I'm like, no, like this is a process that I'm so excited that I got to teach them about. They got to get excited about baby Every day before my seven-year-old would get on the bus, she'd be like, bye, mommy, bye, baby Emerald. And she'd like pat my tummy. And I'm like, where, why, where's baby Emerald coming from? So we just rolled with it. And then, yeah, and then our story just kind of started the day that I started to have some cramps and some bleeding. Was everything going well? Like, did you know anything could be concerning or were you being watched more closely or anything like that? Tell you the truth, I hadn't even had my first appointment. I was due to go in that next week um, for my first appointment. After actually, it was like the Wednesday after I miscarried that I was supposed to go in for my first appointment. And right away, though, everything like you know the typical like my boobs were hurting. I was a lot more tired, and then you know things were great after that. I was like, yeah, I feel wonderful. Not like my normal my first two pregnancies. I felt like I was much more sick, but you know I could tell like my boobs are getting bigger. So I definitely knew I was pregnant. So I'm like, this can't be real. Like I can't be having this easy of a pregnancy. How many weeks were you when your miscarriage began? I was nine weeks, and I I just remember coming home from I was at the dentist. And came home and it just felt weird. And I was like, well, is it the lunch I ate? Like just something in my stomach is feeling weird. Um, so I laid down and <laughs> so kind of, you know, heads up, I'm a Reiki practitioner too. So I'm very much into the whole energy cleansing thing. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I need to clear my chakras. And I did an energy cleansing and I cleared my sacral chakra and kind of my, you know, the, the mantra I use is, you know, clear any energies that are no longer serving my highest good. Did that on my chakras and took a nap. And when I woke up, I was, I started to bleed. And I think that that's just such a, you know, like I cleared this energy that wasn't meant to be there. And, you know, like, it's kind of like, holy crap. Like I know, you know, energy work is just so powerful and everything, but just like that, that happened and my body just knew something was right. And I started to spot and bleed and it was, it wasn't more than just spotting, you know? So of course, I'm like calling my friends who have gone through this and, you know, I'm like, what's going on? Like, have you, you know, it's been a long time since I was pregnant. So I, I have forgotten a lot. So immediately called my daughter, you know, e emailed my doc and I was like, hey, like not trying to freak out, just trying to stay very, you know, zen about this. But what do you think? She's like, let's get you in for an ultrasound tomorrow because this was on a Thursday. So Friday, she's like, get, get in for the ultrasound. We went in. Such a weird experience. Like, 
wouldn't let me see the screen. He's like, are you sure? Are you sure you're, you know, on on point with your dates because you're measuring it like five weeks, five days? I'm like, no, I'm clockwork. I know my schedule. It is. I know my schedule. Like there's no discrepancies in my dates here. And so, you know, we got the call then from the doc and she's like, you know, no heartbeat. You're measuring small. Like, yeah, I, you know, you're, you're miscarrying. So granted it's a Friday. So she's like, go home and basically expect to have some cramping and some heavy bleeding. What happened from there? So Friday night was okay. I started, I was cramping, still bleeding. Saturday came along though. I was trying to just, you know, I was kind of in shock still and just sad. We hadn't told our kids yet because they were kind of at birthday parties and things. So we hadn't told them. And then finally, Saturday afternoon, we told them and let them know, um, have the conversation with them. And then Saturday night, I was trying to like, just feel like, okay, our friends had like a, a party. So I tried to go and I started cramping there and I was like, I got to go. Like, and I went home and I literally labored from like 10 PM to 2 AM and it was legit labor. Like it was pain so bad. I was crying. It was intense. It wasn't just cramping like a, a menstrual cycle. Like it was, it was very intense. I didn't know what to do. My husband didn't know what to do. I was just, you know, cause every single pain is just like that reminder of what you're going through. Um, and so it, it just made it that much more difficult. So I was in the bath, like legit, like how I would assume a home birth was and went through it till about 2 a.m. My husband was like, here's a heating pad. He tried to do all the things. He just, he had no idea though. And I didn't know. So I didn't know what to tell him I needed. I was just, you know, it's kind of like, I think when anyone is laboring, like hold my damn hand, don't watch football games. Like, right. <laughs> um, but it was just tough because I had no idea. I was just expecting some light ble or some bleeding and some cramping, you know? And I wish I would have known because, you know, he, he started like getting me some bubble bath and some candles and like all these things. Cause I'm like, no, I'm going to feel every ounce of this pain. Cause he's like, do you, what do, what do you want? Do you want some Tylenol? Do you want this? And I'm like, no, like, I want to feel every ounce of this experience to honor this baby and to go through this. I just felt I needed to do that. So Sunday came, I felt a lot better when I woke up, we went and he was like, let's just get outside. Let's get you moving. Let's just go do something outside. So we went and decided to go mow and did that for a couple hours. Got done with that, went and had some dinner at my mom's. She's like, just let me feed you. You know, so I went to see my mom. And as soon as I got there, I started laboring again. And this time it was like the back labor. Like I had such had like bad back pain and it was so bad. Like I was like squatting down, like, you know, like you would see a woman in a hospital trying to birth a baby. And it was tough. She did a fundal massage on my stomach, which helped tremendously. She's big into oils, so she kind of put some oils on my stomach. She fed me some food I tried to eat. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of this on and off, like, holy smokes, like four hours, five hours of pain that first night, and then three hours of it at the second. You know, the next day I woke up, felt okay, thought that everything was good. I And legit, the story is like, I, I was clotting, like, and had a lot of blood coming out, like, in the toilet. And I had a friend who legit had this conversation with me she's like I was scooping things out of the toilet because I wanted to bury this baby so she's like I put it in a jar and then I went and buried it and so I was doing this because I was like thank god like she told me I, I never would have known but it did it meant a lot to me so I'm like scooping all these clots out of the toilet and we went and buried this jar out at you know like a really special spot for our family we came back and it was cold and rainy that day and I was like I need to take a bath like I'm just so cold so I got in the bathtub and then legit like as soon as I was easy into the tub that's when I passed actual baby like it just came out 
and it wasn't painful and I caught it and I just held it and I just knew like this little tiny clump was was my baby and I you know I'm just like shaking and I call my husband immediately he comes home and he sees it he's just like you know eyes big and shock and I'm like you know he I'm like I need another jar and like we need to go do this again because this is it and I wish you know and it was about a little tiny glob like it didn't look like a baby but you could tell it was definitely the sack and you know definitely like it was about half a size of a q-tip maybe in length um but being able to like hold it and to have it at home in that way like I'd always wanted to have a home birth and so I feel like this baby gave me that process and it was so painful and awful but beautiful at the same time because like I got to go through this for a couple days of course and with you know different supports like my husband and my mom and she helped a little bit like just going through this at home was so beautiful to me it's just the experience I, I can't even it, like nobody wants to go through that but it was exactly what I think I needed I am just full of goosebumps I think there's a few key things here so Number one, it sounds like you had support. Your doctor seemed supportive. You had family support. You had spousal support from the beginning of your pregnancy to miscarriage and into the grieving process and burial. And I just think that that is so important to highlight because it doesn't happen for a lot of people. And so just making sure that your healthcare team does consist also of individuals who support and realize your pregnancy is different and your pregnancy going forward after miscarriage should be handled delicate and you should get in sooner and they should respond to your messages sooner and those kinds of things too because of this last few experience. But also that you can have this process occur at home. You can miscarry at home and surround yourself with a process like you did and going through the symptoms and creating a ceremony. Can you share a little bit more? I love the picture that you posted. It just resonated with me of you bearing baby because that's what this was so let's just call it what it is this was a private family funeral a, a ceremony a time of grieving that you've created and I just think it's so powerful and beautiful so can you share a little bit more about that yeah so my husband and I recently bought some land and we plan to build out there hopefully within the next three to five years let's say but anyway, we had some family photos scheduled out there and we found out we were pregnant like a couple days before this was going to happen. And I'm like, well, this is kind of a perfect time. We could announce to the girls and capture their reactions. So we told the girls about baby out at this place and we call it Friendly Acres Farms. <laughs> it's so cute. Like, there's a legit a sign that the old farmer had on his barn that says Friendly Acres Farms. So just those vibes in general are just amazing. So that's where he was introduced to our family and we wanted to him to be buried there too. And I say him because it just felt like a little guy. But there were these three beautiful trees that were all standing kind of clumped together and it just felt like such a protective little nook for us to bury. And it was like when I was mowing the day that I was going, still going through, like I went through those trees and I'm just like, this is, this is where he needs to be. So my husband and I, it was just us. We just went out there. We dug a hole. I, you know, it was in a jar, wrapped it up and just gave it some kisses and put him there and kind of said some prayers and some intentions and put some rocks around it. And we'll, we'll, you know, fancy it up a little bit as we go along. Like it's so beautiful, the sunsets and it just looks over the spot and 
But yeah, I think that being able to have that experience is amazing. Like I had a friend who came over to visit and she was just going to drop off a treat and run away. But I was like, hey, how's it going? And, you know, she came and she just sat and talked with me and she had miscarried too. <clears throat> she's like, I wish I would have talked to someone about this and heard this story because she's like, I, I remember passing baby in the toilet and I flushed it really quick because I was scared and I didn't know what to do. And I just thought the faster I got rid of it, the faster it would go away. And I was just like, yeah, like that's why I want to share my story. Like it's okay if you dig it out of the toilet. It's okay if you have to wrap it up in a tissue and take baby home with you, whatever feels right to you. Or if flushing it's okay for you, that's fine too. But just know that whatever you do, you're not you're not crazy. You're not abnormal. Like you have to deal with the grief in a way that feels good for you. This is a good spot too to say you can tell people whenever you want. There is no right or wrong way to go about when do I share this pregnancy? Do I do it the moment I get the two pink lines? Do I have to wait till after the first trimester? You get to pick. That is the beauty of this journey is you get to pick. And should you experience a miscarriage, there is support that's out there for you during that time too. If you did share or if you share afterwards or a month later to just know that it's okay when you decide in your time. That is the best time. Now, Annie, you have some key takeaways that you implemented following your miscarriage. Can you share those with us that you feel has perhaps helped you move through this loss and time? Yeah. One of my big takeaways is you just said it, like tell people when you're ready and don't let anyone be like, oh, well, that's why you should wait till 12 weeks. Don't let anyone ever tell you that. Every baby, I don't care how old they are, if you've been, you know, just one day of conception or nine weeks or four months or a full-term birth, that baby's life gets to be celebrated and it deserves to be celebrated. And as a mom and as a dad, like you deserve to have the support. You deserve to get excited. And you also deserve to have support if you do go through something like this. It's common, but we all need to go through this having support. So I'm so happy that I did tell, you know, and like we, we told people we were excited and we let ourselves get excited. It was beautiful. It was like, having two months almost of having this little bundle in our family. And uh, I, I told people and they, they did reach out. Like I had a lot of support. I had some friends that would bring over some meals. And I finally, you know, I'm one of those people that I'm like, oh, I don't want to put anybody out. So I was like, yes, I would love a meal. Thank you. I hate to cook in, for, in the first place. But yes, if you could bring me a meal, that'd be amazing. So I have a couple friends, like shout out to my friend Beth and my friend Lisa for bringing over some meals. And friends for just bringing over treats. My neighbor brought flowers and, you know, cards and just an outpouring of love. And I felt so surrounded. I didn't do all the things I needed to do to take care of myself physically. And we know that when we are sleep deprived, right, I'm going to go there because I'm, <laughs> that's my realm. But when we're sleep deprived, everything else is so impacted, our mental health. And so me not getting that exercise, me not getting that sunshine, me not getting social, like any social experiences, like was really impacting my sleep. And so I think people definitely need to grieve, but we also have to remember we're going to feel better if we can just do these simple things. It's kind of like getting up and walking after a surgery. You're going to feel so much better. It sucks and damn it, it's painful, but get up and do it because you'll feel so much better. And I just wish that I would have had somebody come be like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to go for a walk and you're going to, you don't have to talk to me we're going to go for a walk or you want to go by yourself. Cool. I'll watch your kids. Like those kind of things can be a way that you could to help support someone and just reaching out and asking for help and asking for support and hearing other people's stories has helped me so much too. I think we need to remember a loss is a loss. I don't care if it, like you said, one day of conception 
within the first week of that positive pregnancy test, I think there's just such an, it's an invisible loss, right? There's no casket, there's no body, there's no earthly time to get to know this baby to be visual life, but it is a loss. And with loss comes mourning and grieving. And I think that's kind of a place too where women also find themselves going through this differently than their partner does too. Like they didn't pass the baby. They weren't pregnant. They didn't feel the symptoms. They didn't, you know, all the things. And men are fixers and they're like, okay, what do I need to do to fix this and remove this? And sometimes it's just give me a hug, right? Like, so can you share a little bit more about, and you had briefly touched on it, but that how your husband assisted through this, he's the one closest, you know, or your partner, if you're listening, how can they help? How, how did you find ways that your husband could step in and help you? Right. Well, thinking back on it now, because again, like I said, he didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, but I think like run a bath get a bubble bath going, get some candles lit, get some relaxing music, and then just really focus on like being there. You know, if they want a physical touch on their back or if they want to not be touched, but just have you in the room with nothing else to do but to be there and send love. Like you are just engulfing this person with love while they're going through it. But just the presence. And I know it's hard to sit there and watch anyone in pain or going through this, but like we got to be there and to really be present with them. Because sometimes it is, it's hard too to be like, well, what do you need? What do you need? Just, just assume they need this. You need a glass of water. I brought you one. I'm going to put it on this counter, you know, or, hey, I'm going to have my mom come take the girls after school today. So you don't have to make any decisions because you're just, you're in grief mode. You don't want to go have any of that logical thinking. So if, if somebody can step out of that, you know, and, and can remove themselves from that for a second and be like, I'm going to make these decisions for you. So that takes one thing off of your plate because I feel like a lot of us, like when you're going through a miscarriage and you have a job and you have a family or you have, you know, anything going on, like you want to just like move through it and you're not allowing yourself to grieve, but really just take your time and allow yourself. Take the day off of work if you have to. Like this is a major loss and you need to process it. Otherwise, it's going to manifest down the road if we don't deal with it now. I talked to a doula and I guess that having like miscarriage doulas is a thing. I guess I didn't know that. And I don't know if a lot of them offer it, but even just as like a woman to come over and, you know, because sometimes to just surround yourself with other women too, who can be like, okay, this is what she needs. And to step in and be like that person, I wish, because literally I was birthing at home and it would have been really cool to have a friend come be like, okay, I'm on my way. We're going to do this. You know, like I'm here. This is how I can help you here. I'm going to bring over some heating pads, you know, like those cramp heating pads that you see, like those menstrual cycle ones. Those got me through forever too. Like having a little care package of something like that and like knowing if there's a doula in your area asking if they do miscarriage services because we don't want to prepare for this, but at the same time, you need to know what resources are in place for you. 100%. I also want to encourage people to take time off of work. I, being the person I am, if you know me personally, I'm very advocacy focused. So like it was natural for me to go to my employer and be like, we need to add miscarriage and failed embryo transfer to our grievance package and allow for paid time off because I'm at home having a miscarriage and that is worse than a cough and cold. So I'm sorry I'm not coming in to work and I should get compensated, right? So there's this whole other side, and I know there's some work being done at the federal level. There's other countries that have acknowledged miscarriage and the cell embryo transfers and all of that. 
to be considered. But even if you don't have that, I want to give you permission and space to do it. Just do it. Just take it off. Call in sick. Get a note if they require that. Any medical provider will be willing to provide you with that should you need it. But please take time to experience this loss. Like Annie has shared with us, there's actual physical pain. There's actual physical symptoms that you are experiencing. This is not just a period. This is not just a chemical loss happening. Your cervix is actually dilating and passing a baby through there. Like if you physically break this down, if we were to physically examine you during a miscarriage, your cervix is open, you are contracting, it is open. So I think if we step back and look at it from that view, I hope you can find space in you to justify, if that's the right term, the time off away, away from work, away from events, away from people. Like you said, you tried to go to an event and you left and it's okay. Like you can just go for a little bit. You can say no to things all in your time, all at your pace, but to just step back and acknowledge this for what it is. Yes, absolutely. So it is now one month almost to the date since your loss. So can you share a little bit about where your body's at and where you're at mentally? Is there still support around you? What does that look like? Yeah. Okay. So obviously my doc was wonderful throughout the process, right? Like the day I miscarried, she's like, here's my number. Like, if you need anything, I'm on call all weekend. Text me, call me. Wonderful. She did great. However, I was supposed to have my first appointment that next Wednesday. So I was like, well, I'm like, do we need to come in? And she's like, you let me know what your body thinks. Like, you know, kind of reach in and just let me know what you think. And I'm like, I, I don't know that I need to. So she's like, let's just hold off then. We'll check your HCG levels in a couple weeks. And so I went to the clinic. It was last week, actually. I went to the clinic. And first, I've been putting off having them check because I just, the first time you go to the clinic, you're supposed to be going for your first appointment, right? So first, I went to my eye doctor and it's like literally right next door. I was crying and I was like, text you. I remember texting you that morning. I'm like, Tara, do I really have to go get my HCG levels checked? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Do I have to do this? Like, what's what's the point? Am I just paying lap fees? And you kind of walk me through why that's important. And maybe you want to share a little about the science behind why it's important to have more medical follow-up. Yeah. So I'll just quickly insert that I have seen far too many women sitting at the six, eight-week mark with elevated HCG levels. And what that typically is, is retained tissue. And there's a certain point, I don't know, I hate even seeing eight weeks, but we'll go with eight weeks, that you need to consider other medical interventions because there's just some other risk factors that go along with that. So it is important to track HCG levels following a miscarriage. Yeah. Okay. And so after hearing you say that, I was like, okay, I'm waiting for, at the doctor's office. I'm like waiting. My my eye doctor comes in and I start bawling. Like she's so sweet and I'm pretty close with her as well. And she's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I, like, Can I just give you a hug? Because she knows, like, because she follows me on Instagram and stuff. And she's like, I'm so sorry to hear about the loss. I was like, yeah. And I'm like, I have to go next door and have my HCG levels checked next. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. So that part in and of itself, like I sat down in the lap chair. They're like, oh, Annie, you know, you're called in. And like I go in, the lady's all cheery. And I sit down, I put my arm out and I just start bawling. And that poor lab tech was probably like, whoa, whoa, are you really scared of needles or what's going on? And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, like this is not the lab work I was hoping to have done. And that's all I said. And like, she, she had no idea what to do. I'm like, 
can I have a tissue, please? Like, you know, like, so just making sure that no matter where you work in the medical field, that you have a little training on emotional intelligence and empathy because you never know what people are going through. And so I had my labs checked. Levels were high. Um, so that in, of, in and of itself was another grief. I was like, okay, I'm doing really good. A couple weeks post, I'm feeling okay. Nope. I sat down in that chair in that clinic first time. It was terrible. Even if you'd have to take your kid to the doctor and just walking into the clinic when you're like, like I was supposed to be coming in for some prenatal visits and I didn't get to do that. Like that's a grieving process. And so anyway, my doc's like, okay, they're a little elevated. We're going to check you in another two weeks. So that's kind of where my body's at right now. However, this last week here, I just started bleeding again. I, I don't know if it's my first cycle. I would assume so. And that took me right back. And so, you know, the cramping and just of, of a menstrual cycle took me right back to that pain. And so to make sure that you're still allowing yourself and you're, you're knowing that, yep, this is going to be waves and it's going to be a roller coaster where some days you're going to be great. Some days it's going to be really hard. Things are going to trigger you. And so if you are someone that knows somebody that's going through this, maybe check back with them. Be like, how are things? Just letting you know I'm thinking of you kind of deal. Because yeah, every, every step along the way, I think is it's getting easier and easier. But now after going through this and like having that first bleeding experience again, it was, it was tough. But those feelings and surface again, at any time, any trigger, but that bleed, especially. Yes. Well, Annie, thank you so much for getting vulnerable and sharing with the community. I know that you are someone who's extremely open to connect with others who have been through miscarriage, or currently going through it. So where can people find you to connect on that level? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to come over at Zen Sleep Consulting, like that's where I'm at on Instagram. That's my handle. Just DM me there and we can get in touch. And I, again, like I'm here to talk to people. If my, if my grieving process and my story can help one person know like, oh yeah, like I remember Annie saying this, I'm just going to have these things on hand or just know about it. We just need to be aware of that and we need to check in on people. So thank you so much for letting me be vulnerable. (laughs) Thanks for handling some of the tears. But thank you again, Annie. And thank you for joining us and sharing on this topic of miscarriage, which is not talked about enough. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you back here next week, Tuesday. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform, or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.